0: Greetings in the name of our of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, it is a privilege just to come and fellowship around the Word of God. We'll never stop thanking God for His protection, for His provision, and for His guidance. I think this is what is keeping us going. Uh, we depend solemnly on His grace and grace alone. That is why. We just want to appreciate the Lord for all the things that He's doing for us. And we continue to pray for one another and so that we be strengthened. And we just want to thank God for all the things that He has done for us. Now, without waste of time, I want to speak on the sacredness of womanhood. Now, you get a sense that... uh, as they say, this is the month of women, so uh, there's quite a lot of voices around womenhood, but we thought we should weigh in and give a scriptural and spiritual context uh, because of maybe in recent times we know that Paul was accused of being a woman hater. Brother Brenham was accused of being a woman hater, and we just want to show how far from the truth those people are, because the God, the Bible does not bash women, the prophet never bashed women, as long as everyone is in their scriptural position. The one thing for sure that we have to admit, when a man is out of the position, the Word of God will deal with that man to return back to his position. If a woman is out of her position, the Word of God will deal with such a woman back into her position. Whenever the way it speaks about a child, a man or a woman, it depends whether are they in their position or out of their position. Once they are in their position, there is a, a way to address a man that is in his position. There is a way to address a woman that is in her position. That's why a lot of times when the prophet would preach and be hard on certain things, often would say, sisters, I'm not referring to you. You are ladies. I will give you your position. He used to say, I will give you your rightful position. So we want to give women their rightful positions. and, And that's why we want to speak on the sacredness of womanhood but before we do that let's pray gracious heavenly father we appreciate you for your grace and mercy we appreciate you for the opportunity that you have given to us just to come and fellowship around the word of god we appreciate all the things that you have done for us dear god Uh, the protection the provision dear god the providency, everything that you have done for your children May you continue, dear God, to do paradoxical things in their lives. Your prophet said, you are a big God. We must ask you big things. So therefore, I am asking big things for your children, dear God. But the greatest of all of them is better health protection, dear God, and as well as spiritual stability and other big things that they so may desire. As I commit the reading of the way to you, In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let us just go to the reading of the word. Excuse me. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 11, I'm going to read King James Version, and I'm going to read the uh, translation. It says, Even so must their wives be grave." Not lenders, sober, faithful in all things. Verse eleven. In the same way, or oh, right, this is the translation that I'm speaking about of verse eleven. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperament and trustworthy in everything. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy in relation to women that let them be worthy of respect not malicious talkers but temperament and trustworthy in everything now that is why i want to speak about the sacredness of womanhood brother Branham, in the message the invisible union of the bride he spoke about how a woman has been given a certain virtue that she must never spoil and he went on to explain he says the first thing is the virtue that was given to a woman that she must never uh, spoil. And the second thing is that she was given motherhood. So that is in the message, the invisible union of the bride. But I want to zoom on certain aspects of womanhood. Now, firstly, since the only man, the only man since the beginning of time, the only man... But since the beginning of time, that could claim that he had no mother was Adam. Adam was the only man that never came through uh, a woman. But after Adam until today, everyone came through a woman, including the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, and if everyone has come through a woman Already, even before I get into spiritual matters, it tells you a certain level of respect that every man, and equally so every woman, should have a respect for womanhood. That is my, uh, I want to kickstart with that statement. Everybody must have respect for womanhood. But we are going to speak about the sacredness of womanhood. Now, there is another scripture here in First Peter 3 verse 7. It reads in this manner, Likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Giving honor. Every man has to give honor to his wife. Honor, it's a, it's a mixture, it's, a, it's an admiration laced with respect as unto the weaker vessel. Now, the statement weaker vessel rattles feminist, but I'll come back to that. And as being heads together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not answered. I want us to unpack this scripture. Men have got to dwell, dwell with women according to knowledge. Women, we have to know them. We have to know their role. We, know, we have to know what they represent from God's perspective. Now, I'm not a politician. And I'm not going to speak from a political perspective. I'm going to speak from a spiritual perspective and looking at the manual book, which is the Word of God. And God is the one that created a woman and God knows what a woman is all about and how she should be treated and how we should relate to them. But the Bible says, your husband dwell with them according to knowledge. You have to not to be ignorant when it comes to that uh, it has to be where you dwell with them according to knowledge now knowledge i can expound on it and say you have for every man that is why many marriages do not last in the end time because people marry for different reasons some people think you marry you you have a wife because she has to do your laundry, she has to cook for you, but that was not the original plan. In the Garden of Eden, when Eve was given by God to Adam, there was no cooking to be done, there was no laundry to be done. It was mainly she was given because this man experienced uh, loneliness. He did not experienced boredom, he experienced loneliness. Boredom, it means you don't know what to do with your time. But loneliness, it means you miss a certain part that belongs to you. So this man wanted a partner to be expressed. And when that partner was expressed, then that void, that loneliness that was created by the non-existent of the, par- of the partner was now Closed it was now fulfilled, it was now satisfied. So therefore, we dwell according to them with knowledge, knowing that they are not they are not our slaves. A woman is not a slave, and that is why you mean that Mary and Mary under the culture blanket where you think you are marrying your wife, but for your family, it is unscriptural. A man marries a woman for himself a man marries a woman for himself not for his family not for his mother not for his sisters he marries a woman for himself so that is why we have to have a knowledge as to what is their purpose in their in our lives now giving honor unto the wife having respect and admiration for your wife now you cannot, when you honor somebody, you cannot treat them in a dishonorable manner. But it takes a person of honor to honor. A dishonorable person has possesses no ability to honor. And then as unto the weaker vessel. Now, this is where feminists have got a problem with the Bible calling the woman a weaker vessel. A weaker vessel in this context, it does not refer that a woman is inferior. God has never created any inferior product. Whatever God creates is perfect. He created the Son of God and out of the Son of God came out the daughter of God. So it cannot be that a Son of God is f- superior and therefore out of Him came out something inferior. It does not work up. Out in that way. When it speaks about weaker vessels, it does not refer to inferiority, but it refers it to the manner in which God created a man and a woman. Let's put it this way the misconception of our time is of the view that a woman can be like a man. A man and a woman were created differently. A man and a woman possess different physical attributes. Let me begin with a man. There is absolutely nothing, nothing that a man can do, no matter how clever, no matter how progressive, no matter how educated, there is no man that can give birth. They can try to stage it and try to do, manipulate it, but the only person that can give birth is a woman. The only person that is born with a womb is a woman. And there is a certain tenderness that a woman possesses that a man does not possess. There is a reason why when a baby cries, and a man tries to comfort and console the baby, and most men will struggle and will not succeed. But as soon as the baby hears the mother's voice, there is a certain calmness that comes over the baby. That thing cannot be manufactured by politics. That thing cannot be manufactured by science. It is something that authentically belongs to a woman. That is why men and women can never be the same. But over the process of time, because Satan is the one person that would want to pervert things, he wants to pervert women to men and men to women, and we end up with this mess that we've got in the end time. But uh, I want to say God created a man to be a man God created a woman to be a woman and our design is that the men must embrace their manhood and women must embrace their womanhood. There is no way, there is absolutely no need for a woman to behave and act like a man. And similarly, there is no need for a man to act like a woman. And now, when it says a weaker vessel, a man has been the physical structure of a man, is of a strong a, a strong belt. And here I'm referring to real men. Cements that are being picked up by men. That a, a man was designed to do hard stuff, but a woman was not designed to do hard stuff. That is why it is disheartening it it is in our time where women are being forced to do certain things that they were not designed for. From where I am sitting, I am of the view that you cannot come and pull over in your car a bike fill of cement and you go and tell your wife and say, I've got a, a bags of cement that you must offload. No way. cements heavy as they are, A man must be able to do those things. A woman was created to be treated as a queen. And a queen, there are certain things that a queen would never do. There are certain things that a queen should never be forced to do. There are certain a, a there is a particular decorum that a queen must have. And women are queens. Now, when it says weaker vessel, it means a man possesses the strength. That is why a man, your strength that you have been given, the muscles that a man has been given, may we we use our muscles to protect our women and children, not to beat them up, not to kill them. That is where we express that, yes, we are stronger. Yes, we can fight for them, but let's protect them. Now, that is what it is referring to. It does not mean, I believe there are some women that will score high on IQ tests than most men. But when all is said and done, when it comes to matters where strength is, the physical strength is required, A man most of the time will be far ahead of a woman because that is how we have been designed. Now, as being heads together of the grace of life. Now, we are joined here. The same grace that is being granted to a man is the same grace that is being granted to a woman. Excuse me. Therefore, there is absolutely no need for competition between the two genders. Now, that your prayers be not hindered. Here God is beginning to say a man's the the, the, the w- w- whether a man's prayers are gonna be answered or not depends on how he treats his own wife. Goodness. <laughs> your wife has got a key of whether your prayers are gonna be answered or not being answered. It depends on how you treat her. If you mistreat your wife, God has got no business of listening to your prayers. Goodness, this is sound good. If you do not treat your wife right, if you do not treat your family right, you have no business of approaching God with any request because your prayers are not going to be answered. And we are going to expound and show you how your wife has got a key of your blessings that you may get from God and how you treat her will determine whether you've got access to those blessings or not. Let's put it this. Now, the prophet says in this message, the world is falling apart. Paragraph 123 says, Womanhood is one of the things that holds our nation together. What would this nation or any other nation be without womanhood? Is the backbone. Womanhood is the backbone of every nation. This one, let me just expound on it. If a a nation would want to be respected, it would be any nation that would mistreat their women. Such a nation would never be respected. Any man that disrespects his wife, such a man would never be disrespected. Any church that disrespects the woman in that church, such a church, would never be respected. So, womanhood is one of the things that holds our nation together. It's the big bone. Now, if it is the big bone, then it has to be protected. And womanhood, the fine virtue that God gave for a woman to be mother, why? It's gone. When Brother Bram looked at the states during that time, he realized that womanhood was gone. In the midst of the world it is falling apart, paragraph 123. Now, in the message, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, paragraph 77, it says, Break the backbone of any nation. Just demoralize womanhood and watch what happens to it. Now, unquote, I wish many men, not only in the message, but even outside the message, they can understand that we have given how men, some men, and I would not even call them men, some creatures, because it takes a certain quality and certain attributes for one to be a man. Some creatures have really gone to misrepresent men would to an extent that they have triggered what I would call a gender war between men and women. And we are beginning to see it across the nations and including in this nation because we have left our God-given position as a man. For when a man goes lower than any man where he would kill, rape, kill a woman. It shows that is not a man anymore. He has sunk lower than a snake's belly. And it says that the moment you break the big bone and demoralize womanhood, watch watch what happens. That nation is gone. Now, let's come to this quotation. Brother William says in the message he was to pass that way. He says... And so, a good praying wife or mother can do more for the kingdom of God on her knees at home than sometimes the preacher can do on the platform. Excuse me, that's right. Now, let me quote this. And so, a good praying wife or mother can do more for the kingdom of God on her knees at home than sometimes the preacher can do on the platform. Now, here, I want to say something. I think we need to be a generation that does not measure the strength of a woman by her ability to endure abuse. If God, if a woman can do so much on her knees than a preacher could do on the platform, may we be such men that our women would not spend time on their knees praying that we have to change because we mistreated them. May they spend their time on their knees praying for the blessings of the family. May they be there to express gratitude to God and say, God, I thank you how my family is going. I thank you how my children are going. I thank you how my husband is going. A lot of times when we speak about a good praying woman, the unfortunate contrast to that is that a lot of times it would be she is a good praying wife because she's got a wayward man. I say, let us be a generation that would not measure the ability or measure the strength of of women by their ability to endure nonsense coming from men, and for that to happen, we men must be in our position because. When a man leaves his position, the environment suffers. When Adam left his position, the environment in the Garden of Eden suffered. Now, when David counted the nation and conducted the census without consulting God, the nation suffers. Every time when a man makes the wrong decision, the environment suffers. So, therefore, let us be the kind of men that say, we will not be the subject of the prayers of our wives that have a negative connotation to ourselves. May they go to, our, to God and say, God, I thank you once again. I thank you once again, not because of pain. This one I know is, gonna, is not popular within religious circles. We cannot make a pain to propel our women to be on, the, our, on their knees and crying to God. Let us make sure it is gratitude that drives our women on their knees to thank God. There is no room in the message of the hour for any man that would mistreat his own wife. There is absolutely no room if a man mistreats his wife that such a man does not deserve to be a pastor, does not have to deserve to be a deacon, actually does not even deserve to be a member in the church because it is a gross misrepresentation because we as men we are supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church and as Christ died for the church. A true man will take a bullet for his own wife. But a genuine a genuine man will take a bullet for his own wife. But a wayward man, a man that is not in his position will put a bullet into his wife's body. There is the difference. Now, sisters, you can do so much for the kingdom of God on our knees, on your knees, than what a preacher can do sometimes on the platform. But our desire, the subjects of your prayers, may it be for the for the for the for the conversion of our children. May it be to solidify families. May it be to express gratitude. Not to plead with God and say, excuse me, God, this is what he has done yesterday. This is what I'm fearing. No, say. Let it be a gratitude that will drive a woman on her knees than the mistreatment that he endures from a man. Now, the sad thing is that some men are abusive, but they carry the Bible and they carry the spoken word. Yes some men are abusive they carry the bible and they carry the spoken word but the onus is on us to confront such men even when they are in our ranks if we see a man mistreating his wife we must not be spectators and say it does not we must not get involved oh brother it's about time we get involved because such a man is misrepresenting Men would to his wife is misrepresenting men men would to his daughters. And the daughters grow up uh, harboring bitterness towards men based on how a man behaved in his own house. Men, we have to have difficult conversations. An iron sharpens sharpens an iron. An abuser should never be our friend until such an abuser repents. Now, Brother Brenham in the message, life story. Brother Brenham says, now if you are going to say, you know, the devil wanted to misrepresent Brother Brenham by calling him a woman hater. Brother Brenham was not a woman hater. Brother Brenham spoke the truth to the woman because he loved them. And if a man can lie to women now, so that they miss heaven while sweet-talking them. Such a man behaves like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. A real man will deliver the truth that will secure the place of women and men in heaven, no matter how it hurts. But let's listen to the man speaking for himself in the Message Life story, paragraph 39. He says, and wife would sit down and cry, referring to how his wife would be. He says, she's 32 years old because of the pressure of the ministry. Brother Branham was a public figure. People were desperate for him to pray for them. And I wonder how many times people rocked up at the Brenham house without an appointment. And this woman had to be there, standing between this man and the public. And sometimes the pressure will take its toll on her. But Brother Brum says she's 32 years old, 10 snow white almost. If there is any credit, if there is any credit goes to the Brenham family, give it to my wife. She's the one deserves it, not me. If there is a credit that we've got to give to this minister in the end time, as far as the Brenham family is concerned, from the mouth, the lips of Brother Brenham, he says that credit must go to his own wife. Oh, brother, we've seen quite a lot of times where ministers stand behind the pulpit and deliver golden nuggets and go home and become devils in their homes, mistreating their wives. Oh goodness, doing shameful things to the poor wife. Such men have got no pulpit behind, place behind the pulpit. Brother, let says she's the one that. Let me say this, and many times in many congregations, our in my church, uh, fortunately, is not the case. In some congregations, the pastor's wife will be treated like a doormat while the pastor has been treated like a superman. What a shame. If you're going to respect me, you have to respect my wife. If you're going to love me, you have to love my wife. You cannot claim to love me and hate my wife. Brother, if somebody says they love you but they hate your wife, they're lying to you because you and your wife are one. If somebody says, I respect you, but they disrespect your wife, they are lying to you. You are a one unit. And goodness, if you invite me to go anywhere and you buy me the first class air ticket, but you don't care what will happen about my wife, you are lying to me. If you really love me, you must give me an option and say, uh, would you want to come with your wife? This is my standard whenever I invite ministers many a times. I always ask, we want you, we are inviting you and your wife on such and such day. And if we are taking care of the logistics, if we buy a ticket, air ticket, we'll buy a, t- a ticket for a man, and we'll buy an air ticket for a woman. Because we know that behind that man, there is a woman. That is my principle. And if the come to my area, if the man is booked into the hotel, I cannot take the wife and she lodges at some brother's or sister's house. No, say, where the same treatment that the man will receive is the same treatment that the wife must receive. And if you have not been doing that, change it. It's a gross misrepresentation. Am I according to the scripture? Oh yes, here is the quotation. Possessing all things, paragraph 39. The prophet says, and right here we could start. I believe that when God calls a man to service, if he is a married man and has a helpmate, he calls his wife with him because they too are one. That's why I say if somebody says they respect you but they don't respect your wife, they are lying to you. If they say they love you but they don't love your wife, they are lying to you. If they say you are a man of God, she is the devil, they are lying to you. Because when God calls a man to a service, he calls his wife to And that is why we have to respect the wife of the pastor. We have to respect the wife of the man of God. If we invite the man of God, the same treatment we give the man of God, we must give it to the woman of God that is behind the man of God. And let me say this, you, me. The credibility of your ministry depends on the conduct of your wife. When read it in Marriage and vows Brother who says, Even if a man can try to be a superman, but if the wife can start going around, it will tear that man apart. And many a times will even remove you from the office in the church. So your wife, and sisters, I'm not saying you go there and say, I can do whatever because if I do this, you cannot become a deacon. That will show you that there is an evil spirit that is upon you. A good woman will support the man that is operating from his position because the two are a team. And if we are a team, we work together. If we are a team, we work together. Here is another quotation, Masterpiece, paragraph 176. Brahman says, Notice the great masterpiece of the family. The husband and wife cannot be truly a family unless they are one. They have to be. If they are not, they are not a good family. Wife pulling one way, the husband another, that would make an awful family. But in agreement with love one to the other, that's a family. And now that was God's masterpiece. Now, and now all the true family here portrays that. Now let me say this. If a husband pulls this way, I have observed and I've encouraged even men in my church and many a times you would see in our church if you would observe most men, whatever they do, they do it with their wives. If it is a business, it will be the wife will be involved there. It is not by default, it is by design, We are encouraging that. Anytime you would want to run anything and your wife is not involved in it and you do not run it as a team, it will not go anywhere. When a man and a woman begins to work as a team, I'm telling you, they are becoming, they will never be, nothing will stop them. Because your wife is your helpmate. And your helpmate has got to know what is going on. My wife in the ministry, she is my helpmate. She is there to support me. She is there. I, yes, I can take advices from her because she is my helpmate. And even you in your business, your wife must be a helpmate. She must advise you. She must because she's there. She sees the blind spot. Our wives are not just dolls. Our wives are helpmates. God gave them the wisdom to help us in whatever we are doing. Oh, brother, if you thought treating your wife as a doormat makes you a spirit a spiritual, what a shame. Brother Brenham was not a hermit. A hermit is somebody that separates himself from his wife under the pretense of religious reasons. Brother Brenham, wherever he went, he would say, there is my wife Mida, and would compliment his wife, and would love his own wife, and would encourage men to love their wives. And we are doing exactly the same thing. You cannot pretend. Let me tell you something. The first duty that you have, you have it towards your family. You cannot give so much time to the church at the expense of the family. There's got to be balance between the ministry and the church, or the family rather, between the ministry and the family. I've seen men that give themselves to ministry, and I put it in inverted commas, to the ministry at the expense of the wife, And no longer, such men, they never go far, because that is imbalanced. And some men, they think if you mistreat your wife and you don't express emotions to your wife, you are spiritual. What a shame. You are lying to us. We we have long been in the game for far too long to know what is spiritual and what is non-spiritual. They have to work as a team. Now, Was it 1912 when Titanic sunk? And they had, I'm told, they had 42 lifeboats on board. Very few relative to the number that of people that were on board. And they realized they could not save everybody. It is said that the captain, although today feminists would want to disprove that, but it has always been there. It has been said that the captain explicitly issued an order for women and children to be saved first. As a result, the survival rate for women was three times higher than for men. Brother, we are the captains of our families. If there is a danger, we have to put ourselves in the face of danger in protection of our wives, and children. I'd rather die first before it gets to my children, before it gets to my wife. These men, and I'm told if you go and read in the re- history, I'm told some another man asked and said, Why? I read this many years ago in Reader's Digest. There was some men asked, Why? The captain, because it was an emergency, he said, That is the law of nature. May God bless that captain to understand that men and women must be protected. But had it been men of today, some of them would have really been hijacked those lifeboats and poor women and children would have died because of how they treat women and children. And remember, the greatest, the quickest way to damage your family, mistreat their mother. It disorientates the children. It turns them into little monsters, because you are a monster. But let us not be such men. Now, in this book, Deuteronomy 3, verse 19 and 20, reads in this manner when God was speaking about them when the Israelites would go to war. He said, but your wives and your little ones and your cattle, for I know that ye have much cattle shall abide in your cities which I have given you, until the Lord have given rest unto your brethren as well as unto you, and until they also possess the land which the land your God hath given them beyond Jordan. Then shall ye return every man unto his possession which I have given you. God never encouraged women and children to go to war. It was only men that went to war. And this is where it speaks about the stronger character or the stronger vessel protecting the weaker vessel. When we say weaker vessel, if you've got glasses that are very precious in your house, they don't just lotter around. They don't just get handled by children. They've got a special cabinet where they are in. Because you know that should anything happen to these vessels of honor that you normally take out when visitors are around, this vessel, had, if they could be mishandled, they will break. And that is the context of, say, a weaker vessel. We have spoken about how the first fall came through a woman. That one we can never shy away from. The man was not deceived in the Garden of Eden. It was the woman that was deceived. The fall came through the woman. But it, you see, you cannot say that. That is not the end of the story. If you say, if you believe that part, there is part two. If the fall came through the woman, even redemption came through the woman. The fall came through Eve. But that was not the whole story. If you want to complete the story for fairness sake, Then the part two, redemption came through a woman. And the prophet in the message, Hebrews, paragraph 95, he says, Now the Son of God had to come through a woman to be created here by the womb of a woman, because through that same thing came death. Through the first womb came death, and through the same womb came life. So you have to find a balance because mis- misogynistic preachers will say the fall came through a woman. The woman was deceived. But give us part two. Mary is part two. A vision. Let it be according to your own way. You, Mary, you are favored among all women. You don't only focus on a bad woman. There are good women. You don't only focus on a bad on bad men. There are good men. That's why we, we, can never, we can never say all men are trash. We've got sons of God that understand their responsibility. We've got sons of God that will never raise their hands to a woman. We've got sons of God that knows they must never take advantage of a woman. We've got sons of God that would never even... Oh goodness, in a time where people are speaking about rape, where they are trying to educate men about consent or not consent, when it comes to those matters, we have a gentleman that know that I should never even kiss a woman before I bring that woman to the marriage altar and she's declared to be my wife. What an ultimate respect for women would. There we go the message, the old ball, paragraph five zero. it says it's almost public adultery. Today, right before you went to a certain place the other night to get something to eat, and the little boys and girls up here hugging and kissing like I don't know what. Do you know, my little sister, that that's potentially adultery? When a man kisses you, he has potentially committed adultery with you. You should never let him kiss you until you are married. For that lens, both male and female lens, is in the lips. You understand? When a male and female lens come together, let it be where it may be. You have potentially committed adultery. You shouldn't let a boy kiss you until that veil is raised on your face and you are his wife. That's committing adultery. This ministry that you are in does not even allow a boy Here I'm referring to believers, not three kinds of believers. This ministry that we are in does not allow a boy to kiss a girl until vows have been exchanged before a pastor. Show me any way where it's done this way in the end time. I think we have such a high regard for womanhood. Young girls, in the message, God's preparation, paragraph 34. I think one thing that we have to understand, I believe we have got to build the self-esteem of our young girls. And I've taught many times in the church that a girl has got the right to say no to a marital proposal. It doesn't mean that every marital proposal should be accompanied by yes, no sir. She has her own agency. She can say yes or no. And it has to be respected. And no girl must never be manipulated into marrying any other man, not by a pastor, not by a deacon. A young girl has got to choose independently. She may seek advice from the parent. She may seek advice from the pastor. But ultimately, it must be her decision. That's how we respect women. Ram says, God's prepare, and we've got to build that esteem. In the message of God's preparation, paragraph 34, you know, a woman that holds her ground, Brahman speaks about a principled woman that holds her ground. She might be as ugly as all get out, but if she will hold her ground and be a lady, there isn't a man in the country that's got an ounce of gentlemen about him. But what will respect her. Yes, sir. Eh? She knows what's right. She stands for what's right. She holds herself right. And the people will think right of her. That's right. You see, when you are a woman, out of respect for women, when you are principled, you've got a strong value system that compels any man that comes in contact with you. Goodness, this prophet, many a time, he said, I would never even greet a woman with my head on. He says, I was a gentleman enough to take off my head and greet a lady. Because he was a gentleman. And we've got to be gentlemen. But as we are gentlemen, we need ladies. There is a difference between a man and a gentleman. The problem today, we are too generic with terms. We call everybody, said some people are not, deser- they don't even deserve to be called, say, How do I call it say if you ran away from your family, you don't provide for your family, you are wearing an expensive suit, but you don't know what the family ate last night. You are not a say. You are just somebody wearing trousers. There is a difference between a gentleman and a man. There is a difference between a man and a say. There is a difference between a woman and a lady. The woke sisters, you don't fall for this evil spirit of wokeness and say I can wear whatever I want to wear because it is an expression of freedom. A woman, that is a lady, would never subject her body and make her body to be the subject of men's filthy thoughts. There is a dokoram. Look at the presidents around. Look at the Queen of England. We have spoken about the marriage between think, Meghan and Henry and how everybody was dressed there because it was royalty. Celebrities that normally wear nothing on that day because that, it had to do with royalty, they were all dressed decently. Oh, if you had right and say, I can wear whatever I want to wear, You are not going to be invited. The security was going to check you out. Only gentlemen and ladies were invited. And if you are not a gentleman or a lady, at least pretend to be one and wear like one just for that specific day. And if it is not like that, it's non-negotiable, you are not going to be invited. We need our women to be ladies. Speak like a lady. Walk like a lady. Don't be quarrelsome. Don't be a contentious woman. The Bible says a contentious woman is like animal's droppings. Then go and check it, is there in the scripture? A contentious woman is like an itching bone. You don't know how to itch. A sister has got to be grounded. A sister has got to be respectful to earn respect. And we respect our women. Scarcity breeds availability. But scarcity breeds value. I invented my own weight that does not exist in the dictionary. Value doesn't do justice. Oxford has got to come up with a new way and call it availability. The measure of value. Because when it says scarcity breeds value, I, I believe value has got degrees and hence I have invented my own way, availability. Things that are scarce are available. Women that respect God are scarce, hence they are available. When we find them, we pay ultimate respect to them. them. We don't talk with them with the cap on. We take off our cap and speak to them Oh, young man, hear me out today. You cannot while wearing trousers that are about to fall. Why do we, we call them baggy pants or saggy pants? With your cap that is hiding your eyes. And you want to speak to a sister. Goodness, what creature are you? A real man. Has got the belt, and the belt has got to show where the waist is. That means the the trousers got to be in its position. Secondly, he's got you have to have the must people must see you because eyes are the windows to the soul. Your eyes must be visible, not hiding some behind some shades speaking to a sister. We need gentlemen, we need ladies. And how we relate it to each other, we have to show that we are the members of the royal family. This is wonderful. The invasion of the United States. Paragraph 208. Brother says, go to our schools today. Look at our school children. Look at our school children our little fellows that go to school. You just ought to know what goes on. Little girls down here in the schools and things like that, at the age of 14 and 15, their mommy send them to school wrecked morally, mentally, dope fans, dope addicts, Cigarette puffers and everything else like that at a little bitty age. The little children like that. It would be as hard to find a virgin among some of them as it would be to find a needle in a haystack. When they have blanket dates with the boys and stretch on these river banks and everywhere else, brother Brenham was observing how pathetic the school environment is. Young girls smoking dacha, weed, mentally wrecked, morally wrecked, dope addicts, cigarette puffers, at the age of 14, 15. Looking for a vision among them would be like looking for a needle in a haystack. May God help us. May God help our girls. But we have a responsibility, parents, to make sure that we invest in our children. We make them to be girls of a healthy esteem. We are not a cult. A girl child must be given the same opportunities that a a boy child is being given. They have to go to school. I cannot be, I refuse to have any girl, let alone a boy in the church, just idling and doing nothing. I refuse that. It's an unpopular thing, especially with message people, but I refuse that. They have to be busy. If they get married, God bless God bless them. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But they have to be make sure that they pursue their own dreams as long as it is within the parameters of the weight. And they have got to be supported. so that they have a healthy self-esteem. We respect our women. We respect our girl children. And we want to salute them. What will the church be without women? Brother Brum says, show me how women are like in the church. I can tell you, the me- I can measure the, majority, the maturity of the church. And we want to really salute our sisters. We want to respect them. And if there is any abuser in our midst, let us know. We will have a difficult conversations with such. We don't tolerate such in our midst. No, sir. That is why, as I come to the close, may God bless our women. Brother. Bre- Ibrahim Lincoln said, I am all that I am because of my mother. Brother Bram says, if there is one woman that I had to respect at an early age, it was my mother. Looking at that woman, how she suffered and how she stood in the midst of poverty, that made me respect my mother. And we respect our mothers, we respect our women, We respect our girls. God bless you richly as we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for the time that you have given. We pray, dear God, for our assembly. We pray for the sisters. We pray for women in our church, dear God. Continue, dear God, to protect them. And dear God, especially in a time where rape, murder, femicides, rates have gone up, may you protect them, dear God. And Lord, give us the wisdom as men to lead exemplary lives and to be able to treat them with honor, to be able to treat them and protect them as the weaker vessels, so that our prayers should not be hindered. We appreciate everything as we pray for every believer. We pray for every brother and every sister. We pray for breadwinners. We pray for their businesses. We pray for their jobs, dear God. May you protect. May you do such paradoxical things especially in this season where when you go left right, everybody is talking about how bleak the picture looks. May there be such a dose of optimism among believers. May there be a goshen among believers. That is my desire as I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God richly bless you. We appreciate you and we love you. God bless you richly. Until we meet again. Amen.